LeadSquared is a cutting-edge CRM platform for enrollment management. With LeadSquared, you will deliver a seamless student experience, streamline admissions processes, lower costs, and increase retention. Schedule a demo at LeadSquared.com. Welcome back, everybody. It's your time to add up on the EdUp Experience podcast, where we make education your business. Dr. Joe Salustio here with you again. I'm very excited uh, about today. Always when I can have a first-time guest co-host and a first-time guest, it makes for an absolute train wreck of a situation, which we love here at the EdUp Experience. So I'm looking forward to today. And I don't say this about my guest or my guest co-host, but it makes me stay on my toes because I got to make sure that everything goes good here. And I can't just sit back and, and take a day off because the co-host could be horrible. The guests could be horrible. No, they're both great. Never mind. I'll stop <laughs> messing around. They're amazing guys. Um, and I do want to remind everybody, as this episode airs, you will have seen that, um, that, uh, Along with me, my guest, uh, my guest, my co-author, Kate, Col uh, Kate Colbert. Boy, I'm so tongue-tied today. This is not working out good so far. Kate Colbert and I are writing a book called Commencement, the beginning of a new era in higher education seen through the eyes of 100-plus college and university presidents. And we have our big book launch uh, cover reveal that has happened as you see this. Please check it out. Uh, you can go to commencementthebook.com and see what we have going on. We think it's going to be... A a really awesome book for the higher ed community. This is me shamelessly plugging my work, um, but this is also my podcast, or at least 50% of it is along with Elvin, so I guess I could do that. Uh, but I'll stop now and save you um, this torture. And instead, bring in my guest, to, I'm a guest co-host today. Um, he asked to be introduced as the uh, overlord of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Paff. He's vice president at Red Ventures. What's going on, Jason? <laughs> Joe, how are you, man? Thanks for that introduction. You know, I ask, I ask my wife and kids for that introduction every single morning. And for the last 20 years, they have failed on it. So it was nice that you came well, through. I'm glad for I could get it right for you, Jason. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. And hey, congrats on the book, man. That's cool. Hey, man, thanks. You know, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a journey. Let's just say that. I'm pretty excited uh, about it. But more excited to have you here today. Well, thank you very much. I'm excited to be here coming out of the holidays and uh, I'm on the East coast. So we're thawing. We had a, a bit of snow. You may have heard. So I'm from Syracuse uh, originally. So I've been familiar with snow. Uh, so it's, it's, it's like nothing to you. Like, uh, you know, unless the snow is, is the height of a small child, it's, it's not an issue for you. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I have, I do have a couple of pictures, uh, as a small kid with my arms up in the air and the snow piles larger than larger than oh, I was. Um, yeah. Syracuse is a different deal. We, we had about six inches and it was literally the end of the world in the yeah. DC area. Okay. Well, you know what? That that can happen. Are you excited to be here today, Jason, co-hosting with me? I am very excited. We've got a great guest. Uh, it's an honor to be here, man. So let's get it started. Well, speaking of, uh, thank you for the transition because I want to bring our guest in right now. Uh, he is awesome. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, he did ask for this uh, this introduction here. No, he didn't really ask for it. I'm giving it to him. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Charlie Parker. He's vice president of marketing and enrollment operations at ESI. Charlie, what is happening? It's going great, man. Hey, Jason and Joe. Appreciate being here. I wish I had the overlord uh, entrance, but uh, but I did uh, stand up and clap for myself. So feel pretty good about it. Well, I stood up and clapped for you. too. And, um, <laughs> That's right. And, and J Jason, uh, I, I, I gave him the bomb drop, but he wanted this. <laughs> 
That that goes with the Overlord thing uh, more than the bomb drop does. But you know, we're we're, we're working on it. He's first time. He's the first timer here, so I'll get the monster. La- It'll be the monster laugh for him <laughs> next time when I introduce him. Hey, yeah. Well, Charlie, talk to us about ESI. Give us the overview. What do you do as vice president of marketing and enrollment? I mean, other than the obvious, talk about your oversight, talk about ESI, and we'll go from there. Yeah, man. So ESI Inc. is kind of our umbrella um, company name. It stands for uh, nothing, really. It's just ESI. It's a, it, it, Like I say, it's an umbrella. We have three different brands, Aviation Institute of Maintenance. We've got 14 schools across the U.S. We have Centura College. Um, which is concentrated most in the Virginia area. And then we have a school called Tidewater Tech, which is a standalone operation that is mainly trade-driven. The aviation side, obviously, is on the mechanics side. Centura College does a little allied health, a little trade. And then Tidewater is strictly on that trade side, automotive, HVAC, um, carpentry, uh, you name it. We're putting them out there in the career field. So how many total campuses between the three entities in how many states, just off the top of your head? Yeah, we got we have 20 schools, surrounds about 15 states. Um, we actually just opened one this year in Chicago that we're really happy about. Um, that is one of our AIM institutions. It's a, just a huge operation, a great maintenance area, huge hangar, and uh, we're very excited about it. So let's talk about, you know, first of all, for um, I, I want to recognize that hard work of oversight of multiple campuses in multiple states. I myself, I worked in uh, for an institution that had 42 locations at one time across, I don't know, 19 states. What's well, so hard sometimes to, to, to manage all of that by state with the different state regulations and the recruiting rules. And it is a, a lot. Um, 20 campuses is a lot. And so it's a huge oversight, Charlie. Well done, my friend, keeping it all together. Um, how, how do you how do you keep it all together? How do you make sure that each <laughs> entity is, you know, without going crazy, that is, how do you make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to do and that you feel comfortable with the results? Yeah, man. I mean, I moved to sugar-free Red Bull, so uh, that, that's helping. That's a good start. Keeping good the sugar out, right? You know, it's interesting. The the 14 campuses spread out is not as hard as our, our centers. Our centers are, it's in a highly dense area, you know, surrounded by the five schools between, if you're familiar with the Hampton Rose, we've got three schools there, and then we cover Richmond and the peninsula. So those are the really the challenges with our program mix, how they overlap, making sure the inquiries get distributed to the right campuses, you know, so that's the one that actually keeps me up at night, or we're always keeping our finger on it to make sure that we're doing everything we can to drive the right inquiries to the right schools and the right customers coming out the doors. So that one is more of a challenge than the AIMS. AIMS, I, I'll be honest with you, and that's our acronym we use, AIM. Um, it's not too much of a challenge there. I mean, we did have an umbrella marketing approach, and we uh, probably November last year, we sifted it down to more zoning. Um, so we kind of did some good wrap zones around each geography and it really helped target better. Um, you know, that old adage, you know, closer to the door, the closer to the outcome. And so we really embrace that well. We've got a great agency that we work with, MDT Marketing, who's just been a killer partner and has really helped us a lot targeting the right persona, the right mix. Um, we're not spending frivolous. In fact, this year um, we under, underspent by almost $2 million and still had um, top line revenue increase. So we did a re- we had a really good year this year on, on really uh, doing the things that we needed to do, especially with our partner, MDT. Well, you know what? I, I know MDT quite well. In fact, they've been a, were a huge supporter of the Oedipus yep. Experience podcast, Mitch uh, Talonfeld and the crew over at MDT. Really personable, great crew, uh, produce great results. And, and it's good to have a great partner behind you because the work of enrollment and marketing is hard. Before I pass it to you, Jason, I just want to ask you, Charlie, um, 
how you're faring. Um, and, and the reason I ask this is, is obviously the obvious is coronavirus, right? But mm -hmm. then, but you look at the bell curve that's existed, you know, coronavirus disrupt, disrupt, disrupt. And then now everybody needs to skill. Everybody needs upskill and reskill. And so trade colleges, uh, vocational schools and so on are maybe seeing a little bit of a resurgence. What's happening? What kind of trends you see in there? Yeah, man. I mean, we, I hate to say it. I'm pretty, I'm a pretty simple guy. I mean, <laughs> I don't have overlord in my title. So I'm really a simple guy. And we, we didn't change our thing. Even in early 2020, we stepped to our guns. Um, you know, I always say to people and, and a lot of our colleagues do here too, is, you know, the minute you can train a, an airline mechanic online is the minute I'll probably stop flying. So we are in-person type institution. And in 2020, it really didn't affect us. We stepped to our guns. We did online when we needed to. And we really had some good growth. We had about 4 or 5% growth on our AIM side. We had 9% growth on our Centura side. Amazing. And 10, 11% growth on our trade side. Yeah. So we really thrived in the market. And, and, and I can't say enough. It was a lot of people just putting their eyes on the right things. I have a I have a picture in my office, and and I, it reminds me all the time. And and the word is remind, and it says reminder, focus on what matters. And, and we've just spent every day just focus on making sure that people are doing what they need to do, and and they're getting what they need to do to be successful. If that makes sense to you. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, Jason. I'll kick it over to you, my friend. Yeah, uh, appreciate the thoughts on the marketing, uh, and that's an area you know I hear. Uh, pretty often, you know, cost of acquisition, cost of just reaching students at the right place at the right time, uh, generating that demand is increasingly challenging uh, for institutions. Competition's up, a lot mm -hmm. of noise in various channels. Where are you guys having success reaching students, keeping costs in line, and ultimately enrolling them in your institution? Are there some marketing channels that are working better, tactics that are working better, things you guys hit on through the pandemic? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, digital is always good, good for us. Um, we, we've moved away from paper lead quite a bit. Um, used to be probably 30 or 40% of our mix, and we dropped to about 10 or 15% of our mix. Um, we really have done a great deal of effort on the organic side, um, really showing off our brand, not necessarily us too. I mean, I, I've always said, you know, a school can be a little narcissistic and, and promote themselves. And, and we really made an effort to promote our, our students, our outcomes, where they're yeah. working, those type of things. So we've had really good success on the organic side. We went away from broadcast, um, went away from radio and TV, made a conscious effort to do that. And we're trying more branding areas, doing a little Twitch, um, trying a little OTT. Uh, we are getting into some pretty cool AR stuff. We built two games and we're using those in our nurturing campaigns. If you remember the old Orbit ads where you, you, you lose about an hour of productivity because you're trying to throw snowballs at someone and you know every, every, every third win you get an ad of Orbit. So we kind of took that and put it on steroids and, and we've been using that and we've seen a little spike in our conversions from inquired application by engaging them and kind of showing them who we are and it's not just about the school type thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And then as, as folks are coming in and shopping different programs, are you seeing, and I know you're mostly trade-based, different trades programs, seeing different levels of demand? Um, are you guys seeing certain growth in certain areas or has it stayed pretty true to, to what it's been? 
You know, I mean, trade is just just hit really hard. It seems like a buzzword right now. A lot of people are, are talking about it, which has helped us. You know, your best yeah. marketing is, is your competitor kind of thing. Um, but the traditional HVAC, HVAC um, welding, those type of things are just, just not quitting. We've done a really good job, and, and this happened even before I got here, of partnering with companies and partnering with those places that are hiring them. So it is a bit of a turnkey feel when people come in. Um, Cause they get that feeling of, of what they're going to be doing is what they're going to be doing in the workforce type thing. As far as the aviation mechanics side, I mean, we're, we're, we're one of the largest. I mean, we are, I, I would say we're the largest, but I'm not positive on that. You just never know uh, type thing, but I mean, we got 14 schools out there and, and last count we were uh, employing 23% of that workforce that are out there working on the planes, either through a, a contractor that, that's working with a major airline or through some small regional airlines. So we've been really fortunate. Um, you know, luck is always part of it. Timing is part, part of it. But trades, it's time. I think people realize that, um, you know, just getting a liberal arts degree like I have is just, just not cutting it. And I think parents are gravitating to the fact that, hey, blue collar work, there's nothing to be ashamed of. There is bragging rights in, in that type of career choice. And, and there's a lot of benefits to be had. So, so luckily, um, we've just been in the right place, right time, and we've opened up schools where there's need. We don't just open up schools based on, you know, certain research or, or studies. We're looking at the employers and making sure we're opening up. There is that need for those uh, individuals that are graduating, getting out there. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. I'd love to hear a little more about that. Is as you try and triangulate a, a location, one thing a trade school I think has, you've got the employee, you've got different levels of demand coming from different places, right? You've got employers, but employer demand does not necessarily mean there's going to be student demand, right? Um, you've got to be the connective tissue there to make that work. Um, so as you guys, as you look at student demand, employer demand, talk a little bit about, and you mentioned it earlier too, almost as a best practice, how you're connecting employers. I think that's such a missed opportunity for so many schools. As you know, Charlie, students aren't always coming to a school. They're really coming for a job. And you are, and you are the service provider to help them. You need to be a trusted, but you're a partner. All right, so talk to me about how you, you guys are sewing together that connective tissues. Yeah, man. I mean, we talk about, like, if you, if you look at a long string, you know, I tell the guys all the time, you look at a long string and tie a knot in it. That, that's the amount of time that kid's going to be in school. You know, you got right. all that stuff in front of them. And then you got all this stuff um, after that, after that knot. And employers are that, that space after that knot. So we really uh, rely on a lot of uh, political um, awareness, a lot of, uh, you know, local government awareness. Uh, we get out there and, and press the, you know, the flesh, as you call it, and shake hands and, and meet with them. We tour them in the schools. It sounds kind of I guess, superficial in a way like, oh, yeah, we do that, too. But for whatever reason, it's at the heart of everything. Um, whenever we do a grand opening, those guys are the first to be there. Their banners are all over our schools. I mean, when you walk into a school, you're not necessarily going, this is an AIM school. You're seeing AIM, you're seeing Piedmont, you're seeing United, you're seeing, uh, you know, all those players that are involved in that process. And again, if you look at the, you know, the demographic of the people that are, are retirement age and the gap that's happening, it, it, we're falling in that kind of phase right now. And we positioned ourselves, I feel very well. So you're right. It's not just employability. Because um, like our Centura schools, we, we actually look for locations that are a little bit less population and we yeah. find that it works out better for us in that smaller trade group. But when you're looking at aviation, you know, maintenance and you look at some of the major cities, it's hard to be affordable 
uh, for them to either go to school there or attend school there. So you look at those kind of geography areas that are maybe a little bit outside of that, that the employer can reap that benefit from moving or relocation and things like that. So it's really a conscious effort, man. It's, it's not really a, you know, something that you just talk about. I mean, every time right. we visit the school, the first thing we do, man, is, is drive around. We've got Amazon facilities by every one of our schools yeah. pretty much. And, and that's just a yeah. <laughs> Yeah, who is that? That's right. I did, just bought a yeah, I've never heard of them. <laughs> but you figure if they're a box throw up FedEx, if there's type those type of individuals or they're they're schlepping some things, that's our perfect persona for them to take the next step in their career opportunity. And it fits right in with what they're used to doing. If that, you know, get what I'm saying. Do you, yeah. let, me, let me just jump in real fast, Jason, and, and yeah. ask just a follow up to what you were saying. It, it, are you, does a student have more, does a student have more, um, I don't know, negotiating power than they have before because there's such a need for trade programs? Are you, is the placement and the, the opportunity to earn higher for them on the supply and demand wise? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, right? Skill set is, is, is sought after. I mean, what's that old adage of the guy that, you know, charges the dude X number of dollars for two seconds of work and it, it wasn't necessarily paying for that two seconds of work, but it was a knowledge of, of where to hit that nail uh, to make sure it's the most efficient possible for the outcomes that that person that's paying for that job is. And I think these guys understand that. And, you know, one of the secrets to, to any success in a trade group is they're not in classrooms. I mean, they're out there in the office. And one of the things we try to do when we tour students is we want them out there smelling the oil, hearing the banging, you know, really out there with, with their peer group and watch them do some things. I think the old school of putting them in a, you know, a PowerPoint presentation and, you know, four white walls, that, that's not what that guy needs. That guy needs to go out there and actually feel and see it. When you're recruiting in sports, man, I mean, it's the same thing. You're not necessarily showing the classroom, even that's a big part of that educational venture, but you're, you're having them smell the turf, go in that uh, locker room, look at the weight room. And so we've taken on that to show who we are in the best way possible. And that's exactly what they'll be doing. Talk about, uh, let's do a little bit of, or of, uh, of an origin story, uh, Charlie. You've got, uh, obviously, you have enrollment and marketing superpowers. How did you, <laughs> um, how did you enter higher education? Give me the two-minute overview of, of, of your um, superhero story that's led you to, to have these enrollment and marketing superpowers. Well, first, you're boosting my ego, Joel. So thank you. Thank you that's very much. That's what I do here. Appreciate that, experience. <laughs> Except for Jason. I don't, I'm not yeah, going to, you know. I well, Jason's the overlord. There's, there's no, no, that's, that's right. That's a right. Mike moment right there, right? right. Thank um, you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. You know, I got into it uh, kind of by a fluke. I was working at Dean Witter. And um, at that time, if you're familiar with MCSE, the Microsoft certification uh, that was happening in the in the late 90s, uh, mid-90s, late 90s, uh, CNE, if you still remember, Novell, uh, Lotus Notes, and things like that. Well, schools were popping up, and they were Why doing- Why are you aging of, uh, us all as you talk about yourself here? That's right. I'm, I, I, I'm gonna take I, have, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Jason's 21. There you go. That's right. Um, so that's how I got into it. A, a guy called me and said, you know what, you're, you're crummy at, at the accounting side. You're better with people. And I started looking at the, the, the certification work and jumped right into it. It was with I, Icon Educational Services. That was my first job. It wasn't just the Xerox people. They had a, they had a couple of schools out in the Phoenix area and they were doing the MCSE program. So I jumped in and then I met an individual who had a pretty good 401k and there was a company called Vitrex in Ogden, Utah, who was going bankrupt. And uh, we bought 10 computers, uh, took everything we thought we knew from the employers we were with and started our own school. 
uh, ran it for a year and we did a million in our first 12 months. Um, if you're familiar with iOmega, that may aid you a little bit. They were the first storage uh, suppliers uh, with computers and, and items like that. iOmega was our first major uh, contract and they outsourced their training department to us uh, with Microsoft Word, Excel, and then we did the exchange and, and some of their network uh, uh, training for their internal AT group. And then Kimberly Clark, who's your tissue people, uh, they jumped on board. And then we had AutoLeave, which our final uh, big uh, business that jumped on board, which says the airbags. And that kind of launched me and, and we didn't have enough capital at the time. And we needed to, you know, grow, so to speak. I mean, I remember the day, man, I was selling MCSE classes on eBay and people were buying them on eBay, flying out to Ogden, Utah of all places and doing boot camps back in the day. And we started renting classrooms from Phoenix, uh, University of Phoenix. And I met some people over there. Um, I was fortunate enough and young. And I was like, look, man, to my partner, I said, I'm out. This is, a, this is more money I've ever seen. And I'm out. And, and it's not like an ego thing with money. It was just like, it was just timing and luck, man. And that launched me into education. So I, I went to University of Phoenix after I sold to my partner. Um, and uh, he ran it for another 10 years and then went to Microsoft. And since then, I've never looked back. The University of Phoenix was at EDMC for a while and then went the private equity route and, and, and joined some schools that, as an operator for them. And it's been just a freaking great ride, just a great ride. That's great. I, you know, the MCSE example is, is interesting because I don't think we've seen anything, any one individual program like that have that level of intense demand since, right? It's, it's so fragmented now in different areas, but... And back in the day, uh, I mean, yeah, you, people were renting rooms wherever they could, teaching whenever ah, they could, because yeah. it was just unlimited demand for that. My, bro my brother actually used to teach. Uh, you know, he, he got all the smarts in the family. They don't, they don't let me near a classroom, but uh, he used to teach MCSE. And I mean, it was just as much as you could teach, as often as you could teach, wherever you could find a room, uh, you'd have students. It was, it was great, man. And it was, it was Sally May. It was cash pay. Um, you know, we weren't using title four. We weren't title four eligible, uh, nine, 12 month programs. It, it was, it was really good at the time until I got to Phoenix though. I realized what I didn't know. I mean, I wish I knew the stuff that I learned, you know, when I got to university of Phoenix or we would have probably even done a, a much better, but we made a lot of decisions because we, we just didn't know. But by trade, I've always been on that front end, uh, more of a business developer, more, you know, meeting the, the, the customers, especially the businesses. And, you know, if I can share a quick story, it was, it's just a, it's just a funny story. I Omega, I remember the day we were three months running, man, and we were running out of cash flow. We didn't have any operating money. It was about, I think it was like November, late October. I Omega calls us up and said, Hey, we got a chunk of money. We have to use it or we lose it. Is there any way possible that we can pay you now and give us some sort of punch pass so people could come over and maybe do Word, Excel, the, the certification MCF or CNE? And it's one of those moments, man, where you put the phone down for a second just to act like you're composed and you're going, <laughs> you just saved my life. Yeah. <laughs> so Lead Squared isn't only an enrollment CRM. It's a technology that will allow you to optimize your entire front-end student lifecycle by providing decision makers with real-time customizable dashboards. Forecasting, measuring, and optimizing for key activities will increase retention and revenue, and LeadSquared will lower technology costs simultaneously. Not only can LeadSquared align with existing admissions processes, but the technology will also help you innovate beyond what you thought was possible. The ability to access data on your phone will keep you connected, and when you add in the world-class customer service, 
Lead Squared transcends being a technology. It's an experience. Check them out at leadsquared.com. Uh, thanks, Charlie, for, for giving us that uh, awesome origin story and dating us as we talk about all the technologies that um, don't exist anymore. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, so so you get in with, which the interesting part is uh, you get in with the University of Phoenix. And of course, one of my guest co-hosts, one of my frequent guest co-hosts is Bill Pepicello. Dr. Bill Pepicello used to be a former president of the University of Phoenix when they were like a half a Yep. 500,000 students. He's awesome. Um, and, and University of Phoenix was the door opener for so many people into higher education, and they still are with it today. And for all intents and purposes, they did a lot of things right, University of Phoenix, or you were never had half a million, or I'm sorry, uh, 500,000 students, half a million students. Where was the passion? Where did it come from? Was it the students? Was it the systems? Was it the coordination of systems? What, what got you? What was the hook? Man, that's a that's a great question. Um, I would say the first hook for me was it was natural. I mean, for whatever reason, I was I was lucky to fall into it, and that at that time it just met my innate kind of abilities. It, it really did. So that was that was a big hook, and and I got to tell you, there's another name out there, uh, Bill Brebaugh. Um, I don't know if you guys know him or, or remember him. He still sends me a freaking birthday card every year. Amazing. Um, What's that? That's amazing. Yeah, Bill's great. It is. I mean, it's it's just amazing. And he personalized. It's not one of those like, hey, I amazing. subscribed to something. What's that? Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, but but he was the next hook, man. He he's a he's a natural cheerleader, but you know he showed the the, the passion for the job and the enthusiasm for the job. And at that time, that that's one of the probably the main ingredients. Um, he had a thing, skills, activity, attitude, that he used all the time. And 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 those those adjectives really defined um, what it took to be successful in that kind of front end door. And I'll tell you, man, just as far as marketing goes, which which really only happened for me probably the last 10 years or, or probably maybe even eight years is I feel like I'm good at marketing because I know what I don't want to call. And my experience as a director of admissions in, in working that side of the house really taught me a lot about what I want to spend money on to bring in inquiry wise or how to target wise. Um, I've been, you know, I feel like that was a very fortunate time in my life on what I learned from Phoenix and some things learned not to do too. It wasn't all rosy there. I mean, I definitely did have some takeaways that, that I didn't adopt as I went forward, but man, my innate and in, in Bill Brebaugh was the absolute hook uh, uh, for me when I was there. Over to you, Jason. Yeah, Bill's great. Uh, and, and Joe, a bit of, uh, I've, I've got I've to add this here, a bit of EdUp Experience guest host trivia. You've now had two guest hosts who are honorary admirals in the great Navy of the state of Nebraska. Both Dr. Pepicello and I were honored by Governor Dave Heineman and uh, bequeathed the honor of honorary admiral in the Nebraska State Navy. So, how do you like that? I mean, a little add up trivia for us here, right? So, uh, love it, love it. Awesome. So, Charlie, talk to me about like today's student. You know, you've you've obviously seen a lot through the years. How's that student changed? What what are they looking for on campus? What services are they consuming? You know, who are they? Authentic man. It's the first word that comes to mind. Um, they want an authentic experience, and, and that goes from the, the first time they meet you to the time they walk out the door um, into their career. And that, that includes like, you know, landing pages, websites, all the things that you're doing. It's just, it's that that authentic nature. Um, it's almost a little more branding, if you will, than, than always putting a CTA on everything too. It's kind of it's that, um, 
I, I feel like that that educated consumer, even on the trade side, which which arguably, you know, the Jerry Springer days are gone, man. I, I just remember, hey, you run that commercial, I'm I'm gonna sit there right by the phone because the phone's just gonna go crazy. It was an automatically <laughs> generator. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so now they're, they're just more sophisticated and they, and they can see through, you know, there's, we don't use scripts here. I'm not a big believer in scripts. I've always said, you know, as long as you're honest, ethical, and don't put the company in danger, you'll never do any wrong. You're talking to another human. Um, so you have to be genuine and realistic um, with them. Um, they may have a gap and a need. And, and as a human, just like you talk to your best friend, that's how you should conduct yourself. So as far as our you know, strategy, if you will, that, that's what we try to do. And in authentic, we try to resonate in all our visuals or our, all of our copy is, is in that manner. So I do feel like that's changed along the way, um, which is a good cool. thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a bit of a different question, but you guys are growing, which again, congratulations, not easy to do. Working with very authentic students. Talk to me about your staff. What are you looking for when you hire? Who's helping you with that growth? Talk to me a little bit about that part of the journey. Yeah, man. Um, so we've got a full service agency internal. Um, I got a production staff. I got a creative staff and I have an organic staff, so to speak, that, that handles all the social. So we do have a full service agency in here. It's nine people. And to be quite frank, I hire people that match the demo that's walking in our schools. Um, uh, those individuals speak the language. I'm a big proponent of using the lingo, so to speak. You know, I'm X number of years old. You can do the math with MCSE, but I don't speak that demo, right? That's not me. So You're I wanted to make TikTok doing dances. Uh, well, I can do a dance, but it's not TikTok worthy for sure. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, in the hiring structure, I do look at that, that type of makeup. I want to mirror what's walking in our schools and, and that type of thing. As far as the admission side, you know, I really don't even look at resumes. And, and, I, and I talk to DOAs about that all the time. I usually look at their innate abilities. You know, is that someone that I would have a beer with? Is that, is that someone that, you know, I would want to hang out with? And, and from that experience, I feel like we can teach them the rest of the skills. Because I, I don't want a salesperson. I, I don't want someone that's going to, you know, necessarily persuade on the verge of manipulation. I want someone just to be an advocate for them and humanize that approach. So in the hiring thing, man, it's all innate uh, for me on the admission side, um, particularly on the marketing side. I like the young people. Um, we really, most of our staff, they're probably within three years out of school. So they're, they're fast burners. They want to prove themselves. They know what's you know, resonating. And, and it shows in our organic work um, how we showcase our people. Um, so that's kind of the hiring strategy we've chosen. And, and we're going to kind of stick by it until we, we see something different. If I could, I just want to say one thing too. It's a really important in the takeaway because we're talking to an audience and this audience that we have at up spans um, models, for-profit, non-profit, public, private, so on. And um, this is not 2000 uh, in the early to mid 2000s where there were some bad actors and for-profit and trade school education. This is, this is a new world and there are many great actors out there. And Charlie, you did a great job of summarizing what I think it dispels one of the, the assumptions that people make when they look at trade school education, for-profit schools, so on and so on, is, oh, they're just hiring salespeople. They're gonna sh shove this education down your throat and leave you, you know, we're gonna convince a student and fleece them. That is not what happens anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, and th th this is about finding fit. And the fact of the matter is, is that a traditional higher education is not necessarily a fit for every single person. There yep. are adult students, there are quote unquote traditional students that are just looking to get uh, into a career 
sooner than later. And schools like you have, Charlie, can provide that service in the most organic, above-board way. Yep. So I just want to put that there, uh, Jason. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, just just one more question for me, Joe. Uh, Charlie, talk to me about you know the next five years or three years. You know, obviously, there's a lot going on in the space. Regulatory noise, competition springs up daily. Um, there's been a lot of change in, in trades. How are you guys thinking about and positioning for your future as an institution or set of institutions? Yeah, I mean, being aware of it for one, um, being conscious of it. Um, we, we pride ourselves on, you know, like I told you, working with the employers and, and partners in, in those type of situations. We've got a, a couple of programs going right now on our automotive side and on our aviation side where the employer is actually paying for individuals to go to school um, because they know they have a need, they know how we educate. And so I would think over the next five years, we're going to, you know, continue that progression. And the marketing side, I, I, I hate to say, it, and this is no offense to Mitch or anybody, because I love them to death. But you know, I, I don't want to be an agency a dependent type institution. I really want to move towards the organic side, the referral side. Um, we've got one of our schools in New Jersey, I spend one dollar and that's that's for dramatic reasons i don't spend anything really so we'll say a dollar and and those guys are continually having growth there um and it's like a fraternal order they're all wearing the t-shirts they have these certain color hats when they pass certain certifications along the way and i feel like over the next five years that that's who we are and we need to become we need to be a destination location we're another alternative for the community like a community college to help foster that economic development in, the, in that job security prowess. Um, and you guys know it best be in the space. I mean, we're promoting generational change. A lot of these individuals, because of limited choice they feel they had, they see other ways they can do things and it, per, it fosters that generational change that they didn't know they could do. So really in, in the next five years, I, I wanna move in that direction and move into that more of supplying a community with a need that they have and being that supplier for it um, through the means that make us successful, which means the companies, um, the individuals in that city are dependent on us, so. Well, uh, we I've got three last questions because we d Jason kind of took my, my my future of higher education, but I'll ask you to just elaborate on anything else that you want. I love my guest co-host that asked my questions for me, Jason. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, so, Charlie, one of the questions that we like to ask, um, let's call it a curveball uh, question. It could be higher related, could not uh, be. I'm going to ask you now. Are you ready? Prepared. For no money. I just have to make that clarification. <laughs> But it sounds like it sounds like there could be a prize at the end of this, uh, but there is not, unfortunately. Give me your entrance music, Charlie. What's that song that plays when you get on stage at commencement? When you walk into the room with your staff, maybe you play a song, maybe you don't. When you walk into your living room before the football game, what's your entrance song and why? So, <laughs> so you're gonna think this is funny, but I have a tendency if you and it's gonna age me again. I rickroll people all the time still. I, I, if you guys understand what I'm saying, um, and, and if you want to cue that up, if you got time for it, but I, I have a tendency to, to lighten things up when, when we're shooting data out and things like that. So I would say my entrance music would be Rick rolling myself as I walk right into a room. <laughs> I like it. I like the, the lightening things up because we have very serious work that we do, right? Absolutely. We got to have fun. Yep. 
So it's final two questions, Charlie. Here you go. Number one, what did we miss about ESI, the umbrella company, or all the colleges that you service? Anything that you wanted to say, an event, website, plug, speaking thing you're doing, anything at all. That's your chance to plug anything. <laughs> no, nah, I just love doing it. I love you guys listening. Um, we're just uh, we're just a, another group of people trying to do the best we can with the, the community at large. I mean, that that's that's the long and short of it. We're, we're in education. You know, we're not narrow-minded and think we're, we're tied to one sort of program. We're always looking at um, different things uh, to, you know, we're looking at, you know, the green energy right now. We've got a wind turbine program that we've launched uh, in conjunction with, with the state of Virginia and, and some other partner players within that. So we consider ourselves very entrepreneurial um, still. We're very nimble. Even with 20 schools, uh, we can kind of address some things. The other thing to know, man, is, is all our schools are autonomous. We have some great leaders at our schools as directors of them, and, and they treat those schools like they're their own LLC, their own business. And it's really done well. We don't get in their way. They're our clients, if you will. And um, we're just here to serve them, be an extra set of eyes for them. And, and like I say, there's, there's nothing more important than get out of a great person's way. And, and one thing I know is I'm not the smartest one. So I try to make sure I'm surrounded by a lot of smart people. So um, I feel like I've done that um, in, in a very short amount of time. I am going to do a plug for a school group that I was with before this that really has launched me into the data side of it. And that's EDMC by way of South University. I will tell you working with John South in that group over there, there is everything, basically everything I do today is far data analytics and understanding it and creating that narrative from the, from the data. I learned from South University. So I will tell you, I am someone that just doesn't come up with something new. I just steal from everybody else and try to just make it a Charlieism. And, and John South and his crew um, just created something in me that has just been so, just a return on investment since the time I was with them. Love that. And then uh, what do you see, Charlie, as the future of higher education? Give us the blue sky. Man. Uh, continuing, man. I, I, I think, you know, you just said it right. We're, we're all players in this. And, and I think you're seeing that now, whether you're a for-profit, non-profit, uh, certificate program, you know, all those different programs, there is a place for all of us, um, all of us. And, and, and I think we're starting to realize that. And I think our, our front door, which is our admissions group or our forward facing people, I think we're all starting to, to really grasp a hold of that, that every person that walks in your door is not the best person um, for your school, but it may be the best person for someone down the road. And, and I think we're evolving to that, that we're, we're all here for the same thing. It's kind of like agencies right now, you know, the agencies compete for each other on the marketing side. And I love to get your guys thought on this, but there, there's so much business out there that we don't need to think that, that we're the, the latest and greatest, that, that there's just so much opportunity for us all to work together and something that we love and are passionate about. And, and as soon as we keep, you know, not as soon, but as we keep moving towards that direction, we can cater this population um, that is kind of out of tune with us, man. I mean, they're kind of, you know, all this, you know, free education, all the um, buyback on their loans, and then uh, feeling like their, their college degree didn't get them anywhere. I mean, we need to change that narrative and, and, and show the choices that are out there based on that person's, uh, you know, I guess, characteristics for outcomes. Yeah, hope you know what I'm saying. That makes sense. I love that. Absolutely. Well, uh, you've said it all, uh, Charlie. You've said it all. And I, I want to make sure that I first thank today my guest co-host, Jason Paff. He's Overlord and uh, also Vice President Red Ventures. <laughs> Jason, thanks for uh, co-hosting with me.
Hey, Joe, thank you, man. It was a blast. Thank you. And congrats again on the book. Thank you, sir. Can't I wait, appreciate man. it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll uh, let you guys know as things become more real. And I have one in my hands, which I, of course, I can't wait for. Um, it's one of those things. And Charlie, thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, my guest today. Uh, he is Charlie Parker. He is, uh, what is he? He is Vice President of Marketing and Enrollment Operations at ESI. And he gets another standing ovation. I love it, Joe. As an outro. He, and congratulations on your book. I'll be buying one and, and we'll expect an autographed copy. Ah, you, you guys will get it. Well, I hope you guys will connect because I think this is your first time meeting. So you guys got a lot to talk about, I think. And, uh, and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another amazing episode of the Edup Experience podcast. You've just edupped. The Lead Squared integrated CRM functionality will put your institution at the front end of marketing and enrollment strategy by delivering a streamlined admissions process. Capture student interest, segment your audience, create student engagement workflows, and even integrate with your student information system to create longitudinal key performance metrics you've always wanted. You can do all of this and lower your technology costs. Check out leadsquared.com for more info.